Hello, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate romanticism through art, storytelling, nature, music, poetry, creating, <gasps> and passionate people doing some incredible things. Hello, I am rioting against seasonal depression. Uh, my name is Trey, and tonight I am joined by my forever co-host, uh, Riot for Salted Caramel, or Caramel, depending on, uh, depending on how you would like to pronounce it. Tomato, tomato. Uh, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hola. And I say caramel, <laughs> by the way. But I'm not snooty uh, about it, because it's just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, we're going to get the caramels in our mouths, because they are delicious. That's really uh, what matters. <laughs> if, if you didn't know by now, we live stream all of our interviews, and you are invited to join us. Interact with our guests every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Visit twitch.tv forward slash the modern romantic to follow us and subscribe. And don't forget to follow our social media channels. Uh, we also invite you to share us with a friend, your loved ones, your grandma, who would love some company. We're perfect gift for any holiday season. <laughs> Um, Emily, would you like to introduce our guest tonight? Of course I would. Tonight we have uh, the lead singer of the band Riot for Romance, Jason Hansen. I'm so excited. Thank you. We're excited to too. Thank you for coming. Um, My pleasure. And is it so channels or Chanel's? It is channels. Oh, channels. A little, little mixed. I like it. <laughs> I, kinda, I think it's I kinda, it's a thing you should roll with that that's it going forward channels channels it's like we're going to target or yeah uh or wally world or something it's yes. just something a little like one look <laughs> i'm not sure about wally world but target i'm i'm a hundred with you there i don't <laughs> think wally world elevates walmart any <laughs> Yeah, I think in A and B testing, we found that uh, Wally World did not up-level it. So Target, though, does work. So I stick with that. Hmm. Channels. Okay. See, with Wally World, I was hoping to appeal to, like, the Disney fans and it just be, like, this nice, fun adventure ride versus when you go into Walmart and you get, like, the carnival fun adventure rides. So <laughs> yeah, I was hoping for, true. like, at least a, st a level above that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good point so with the name like riot for romance the the first question i have is one how did you get the name and then two um how long have you been playing in a band um maybe not this band or just as an artist but how long have you been playing Oh, goodness. So first, uh, Riot for Romance actually comes uh, from a song that uh, a band in the early 2000s did. Uh, the band's called No Knife. And interestingly enough, I've just always loved the ring of that. I am apparently uneducated because it comes from a novel, apparently. And I, I found this out because when we uh, formed and began releasing music on on uh, Steadfast Records and Friend Club Records, someone actually tagged the band No Knife and was like, whoa, what do you think of this? And they were like, you have my blessing. And I guess it, yeah, it came from a novel. And I, I, I didn't write it down, but I can research it and tell you what that is. But that's where the name comes from. Uh, for, for me, it's from the band, and they took it from a novel that was published however 
eons ago. Um, yeah, and then as, as far as music, goodness, I've been playing, and Emily probably knows that, yeah, all the way from like where I should had no right to be on stage, <laughs> so all the way to to now. And uh, I did it professionally and um, semi-professionally in my teens and early twenties. Took a big uh, break and then came back, I guess, swinging again uh, more recently. So, oh goodness, like twenty plus years, thirty years, something like that. Oh. Long time. Oh, sorry. I'm not sure about that. Did you hear Siri? Yeah. <laughs> Siri's not sure about that. Thanks, Siri. Your vote of confidence is overwhelming. She's on your side. Goodness, clearly. So wow, okay. That's one for the books. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay, so playing for twenty years and just to read a little bit um from from the bio for your band. Um, at a time when the world was isolated, music has once again become the muse for connecting with others. Where distance was previously a challenge and social media often a numbing force, they are now the things that spar that are sparring, spurring creativity. Sorry, even with glasses on, I'm blind. Um, it's from these <laughs> it's from these depths that three friends have inspired to create, record, and produce songs from three different states: Georgia, Colorado, and Florida. So there are three band members. You're all in different states. And I heard this question asked on the podcast that you were on. Um, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I know that was a satire podcast now. <laughs> so I want the real answer. <laughs> um, what is it like uh, having to record in three different states? Like, what is that process like? Wow. It's a... Uh, I... I love it actually. It, it, I think as an artist and I, you know, all of us are artists here, right? There's a something about looking at art through a new lens that's inspiring and, and a challenge too, right? Whatever kind of medium you can tackle or, you know, if, um, if you love charcoals and you, you know, you start doing oils, there's a different approach you might take, right? I don't know that from experience. I'm just pretending to know that. Um, <laughs> But as a musician, I can tell you it's similar, right? So uh, for years, uh, one of the members and I, uh, Brett, who's in Georgia, he was a part of a lot of my music um, adventures in my teens and early 20s. So we were used to playing things in person all the time, practicing three times a week. I was in a band in Detroit where we practiced three times a week and then would play three shows in one night. You know, it was just this constant force of always being there in, in the present. And then um, the drummer, when I was living in Florida for some years, uh, he and I did, did some things together more from um, a studio standpoint. He would produce and engineer music I was doing then. And so there was that live element too. So faced with, um, and I thought we were like super special. And then I found out it's become a little cliche that during the pandemic, a lot of artists lost their minds and said, I have, I need a, I need an avenue to like vent. I need to express myself. And so for us, that became, um, you know, working on music in three different states. And so the, a lot of that is tied by a friendship, friendships that we've had for 30 plus years, 15 plus years. And, and honestly, just figuring out a way to do it with, the internet um, home, at home, it's a lot faster than it's ever been before. And yeah, just be finding a way to use the iCloud and bounce things back and forth. Um, it, it's a challenge, but it's actually a little more, 
I enjoy it more because I can hear myself clearly with tracks. Um, when you're in a live situation, unless you're dropped a bunch of money in like a sound system just for rehearsing, you can't hear the nuances. Uh, and so you may be performing. My dogs are going crazy. I think you can yeah. hear them too. You guys, I'm trying to do an interview. Podcast <laughs> You're making me look bad. All right. So, um, but not as bad as Siri. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was epic. I mean, that needs to be a quote for like that's what you should do. Like Siri says, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> She's like the main anybody. Oh my goodness, that was like horrible or perfect timing depending on how you look at it <laughs> i think uh to complete my thought though it, it was just a matter of it, the 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 beauty of it is being able to hear the nuances make sure you're not performing the same mistakes over and over again simply because you're not hearing it clearly in a loud room and even when you perform live i mean generally speaking um and even with in-ears it's just different so it was um was quite um, amazing, but I guess from what I hear, I, I will do, I will take a little pride in this. From what I hear from other bands, I guess it has been a feat um, because many bands find it too challenging to do and it sounds too uh, programmatic or too robotic um, without kind of the energy. And I think it's just our friendship through the years and knowing each other so well, that gen genuine, you know, that authenticity in friendship, it's rooted in that. And we've always kind of had a really cheesy motto, which is, um, if it ain't fun, we done. So just keeping keeping it for the sake of art and self-expression for ourselves and not for any other reason without the pressure of having to perform because we don't eat if we don't perform, which is a reality for a lot of artists and one I highly respect. Um, and that has its own greatness in it too, right? It produces a different art form when you when you have to to survive i think for us um it's the effect of we have other things going on and we could just do it for the love of it i was long-winded but it's a great question so i hope no. i hope that sheds some light i like that actually because you can do it because of the passion of it versus forcing yourself to do it at times when maybe you don't have that inspiration yeah, I mean, that's its own art form, though. I mean, yeah. uh, tons of respect for artists who do that. When you can push through sometimes great art out of necessity, and that's amazing in and of itself. Um, it's just not something that I have to do with this project and, you know, leveraging that for what it is. Right. Do you remember the first time you got on stage? Yeah, I think I do. There were... Um, there were probably a series between a, a couple of years that are getting muddy, but one was at a youth group that we went together at together, Emily, Teens of Grace, and uh, church was a blast. And I was really into the Smashing Pumpkins at the time. Okay. But a horrible singer and a horrible guitarist by any account. And um, <laughs> and I wrote a song and I just. I pretty much just sold my way into the youth pastor letting me on stage. Like, I, I got to do this. You're letting other people do this. I got to do this. This is a church, right? We got like, you have to like equal opportunity here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there were God bless friends who were, you know, kind <laughs> and deter me for continuing art. Cause it was a humbling and uh, scary and I wasn't very good, <laughs> but it was fun. So that was probably one of the first I remember being on stage. I don't remember if I was there that night, but 
Uh, it's probably good you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I might have been. Be like, it's been yeah, a long time. Yeah. It's okay that I didn't make the impression. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a long time ago. I think I was like 16, you know. I, I probably yeah. was on stage before. I might have been on stage before that, like skits and things like that. But I think yeah. it was the first time I performed music. Well, I have an old VHS tape that's from, I don't want to say what year, but I have an old VHS tape that's from that era, and I have no way to play it. But as soon as I get a way to play it, I was going to like put it on YouTube or something for everybody to watch. Because um, I saved it from all those years. Um, and it was one of the lip sync contests. Oh, Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. I, so. I perhaps performed in that. I wouldn't doubt that. Wow. Yeah, I honestly don't remember much about it other than I remember it was one of the best nights there uh, from my memory, which is why I even have the tape because I, I hounded uh, Dwayne for it. So, but I'll I'll unearth that at some point and get it transferred Ooh, to scary. digital. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's scary, but I'm kind of really excited to open this oh, totally. memory. If I have, I honestly think that my mom has a VHS player. If I can get that, if I can like convince her to let me have that and I send it to you, can I make this happen? Oh, absolutely. I was thinking of taking it to one of these like <laughs> places where they'll convert that, but that would be awesome because I can do it myself then. That, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. It's actually quite fun. I, um, a band that the bassist and I were in called Never Enough in the um, 90s and early 2000s. We played Warp Tour in Chicago uh, one, oh. in 2001, I think. Okay. Um, and that was like a great year, by the way. Like, I mean, Green Day played and I had just a ton of bands that, that were, you know, recognizable. And, and Warp Tour was exciting then. And not that it's not now. I don't know if it is anymore these days, but I, it definitely, yeah. definitely was then. And but um, I recall the 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 show not being too good for various reasons, um, and I had a VHS tape that I carried around forever. And just probably two years ago, I sent it in to have it digitized, and it's it's like unearthing um, like a time capsule. Yeah. So that was that in and of itself is cool, and I actually have that posted on my own. I think it's on my own personal. Or could be on the right for romance channel. I don't know. It's on um, YouTube though, and I only picked one song because it didn't totally suck, and the rest of it I just I'm gonna keep it in you know in the time capsule. But there's one song up. It's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, cool! I'll have to go look that up. That sounds cool. I I do remember hearing about the Warp Tour all the time, but I never went. Just, I've only went twice. When once I played and once to go and. It was fun. But festivals were fun back then. They're still fun. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> I I do have to ask. So I my level of like going to going to concerts and things is usually like going to hear Tchaikovsky or something like that. And I come from like a very classical sort of background. But the last couple of years I've started really getting into um, like pop punk bands and listening towards uh, listening to things like The Doors or um, The Doors of Who, uh, The White Stripes um, and Yellow Card. And so a whole just like spanning a whole bunch of bands and things. Um, my question for you, 
with all of these bands going to festivals and doing tourings and performances, what performance was your favorite and why? Ooh. Hmm. Goodness, I have to think about that. Um, that's a really great question. I um I don't know that I could pick one answer. I just I really love being immersed in music and art and in general. It's like tapping into another world. It's like it's not only exciting to express yourself, but to enjoy other people's expressions, to see that, like to feel that, to connect with that. And so in general, I, I just have a pretty broad taste for live music. And when I'm listening to stuff on Spotify or whatever, I, I kind of have a, a small set of tastes, but to experience it is a whole different story. It, it doesn't matter if it's country, if it's hip hop. I think, um, Speaking of hip hop, one that comes to mind to just totally throw a curveball on what I might be expected to say. Um, there was in Miami, ow, like 13 years ago, this hip hop tour. I don't even remember what it was called, but I had a couple friends who, um, you know, were known as B boys, B girls, so breaking and um, pop lock dancing, that kind of stuff. If you've heard, if you haven't, Google it. It's fun. Um, yeah. Just think of the 80s breaking like that movie. Uh, it's still really popular. So I went with them and a crew of them. And, um, oh, goodness, there was Tribe Called Quest. And there, there was De La Soul and Wu-Tang, who's for the children, of course. They were there. And, um, cool. I mean, there's just a ton, a ton of names. And it was just amazing to to witness that um i enjoyed some of that growing up but it wasn't anything that i was so plugged into that i could sing every song but just being immersed like in something that i didn't typically find myself immersed in was so so amazing it was so amazing to see people um dance and i yeah i like this quote here live music has an energy that is unmatchable by any recorded version i i think the same you know and so it, it's like that that in itself is a connecting moment life-changing one on the opposite spectrum i saw the cure a couple of years later and i was so disappointed they totally sucked and i love the cure wow. i they just having an off they're just having an off oh. night they didn't have their keyboard player there oh. so everything was on guitars and robert smith was just kind of off and and that's okay i respect that happens to me all the time but um I didn't, I, that's not what I was coming for the cure, right? Right. Um, I don't know. Motley Crue was just amazing. I never thought I would say that. You had to kind of wear some blinders if you, you know, on, depending on your views of, um, <laughs> of how Motley Crue represents themselves and, and, and women in general. Mm -hmm. But if you could, if you could look, if you were okay looking past that, uh, the actual performance was i was like wow was a peter gabriel brilliant on stage oh i had great seats in this amphitheater foo fighters i could keep going i mean just yeah. life-changing great experiences except for the cure and i'm very bummed out about that i won't ever see them again i've like staked a claim even if they come back i'll buy their stuff i'll listen i'll have the final but I'm boycotting you, Robert Smith, because you stunk the one time I saw you. So if you're listening. So you wouldn't go back and give him another <laughs> chance. <laughs> That's it. Nah, I probably would. Uh, you're off the <laughs> island. <laughs> I'm totally lying. I, I definitely would. <laughs> so, That's interesting that what you said about Motley Crue, that that was like something that you didn't expect to be as good as it was. 
or yeah totally yeah do. i think we've all had maybe it, an, an experience like that can i just uh, elaborate a little bit on that though? yeah it was super yeah. super funny super funny so i had this buddy who invited me and i think i think he honestly i think he invited me because he was interested in someone and um and she had a girlfriend coming along and it was like hey you're like the only one i know that'll come to molly crew i think it was like one of those things but it was a free ticket i'm like i'm totally in and he was from a calvary chapel church in uh fort lauderdale which is the second largest in the country and um really i i without getting into faith and things i'm I'm quite liberal with my my thoughts these days when it comes to that but many um evangelicals are not and so uh i think that Calvary Chapel tends to be more conservative and to a degree. Yeah. So we go to this show and they were like, Oh my God, like where I'm like, it's not the crew. Really? Like, what were you thinking? If you were <laughs> going to be offended, why are you here? Like, come on. It's not like crew, like shout at the devil. Like you didn't know that when you, your parents didn't tell you don't listen to them because they're devil worshipers. I, like, I know if you grew up in any kind of church, you definitely were told you're going to hell if you listen to Molly Crew. <laughs> and so, and what like universe did we think this that like did you not expect this? Like, have you never heard of Motley Crew? How did yeah? No, there's no way. I mean, just <laughs> and you're bringing a date. I don't know. And then you're all surprised. <laughs> this is Motley Crew. You kind of anyway. That's what I got for you there. Top ten all time best dates. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was for him and her. I was just like, Bobby Crew, I'm in. Sure. <laughs> I, that's a bucket list. Like, yeah. I'm not like super into them, but but it's Bobby Crew. Why not? Turned out to be a good show. It did. Uh, is it? So, <laughs> Trey's like, oh, wait, you totally <laughs> threw me off here. Like, <laughs> I don't no. even know. I. Have you not so heard from, of Motley Crue, Trey? <laughs> you know, um, there are many social things that I have not done, uh, but hearing, uh, listening to Motley Crue has not been one of them. So um, the, <laughs> what I would ask is, because you were telling us before we went live that um, that you have like a corporate job, you are a performer, you're a dad, you... Um, you are in this band, you're touring, you record music, and so... Um, anytime that I start hearing like basically four full-time jobs on top of one another creates like an incredibly busy schedule and yet you're still making you're still making time for art and to make your passion come true and so my question to you is how do you make that happen like what what helps you make art happen well, I think like anything in life, it's intentional. And I am so distracted by my video being very delayed for my audio. I apologize. I, I noticed that so. it is on our end too. Yeah. Bummer, bummer. Um, I wonder, let me shut this off because I want to answer your question and not be distracted by myself. Let me shut the video sure. off. Sure. No, it's still slow. Okay. Yeah, Josh had said in the chat, Motley Crue or Kiss or or that was, oh, it was about the bands that your parents told you were devil worshipers. Totally. Yeah. I don't think my, my parents did it. It was everyone else. My parents were, I was like probably on the receiving end of, oh, that's bad. My parents were probably the ones they, I inherited um, 
my stepdad's entire like vinyl collection and there's some killer stuff mm. on there including kiss and yeah they were always proponents of music so yeah same I, here I my my parents weren't telling me it was of the devil which is nice yeah yeah totally right yeah um okay Trace, so you asked uh balancing all of these um things how do you make time for art and i began to say i think like anything in life it's intentional it's a choice you have to make and prioritize but it also means um, on top of prioritizing, it means that people in your life have to be okay with that too. And who you choose to, you know, have uh, relationships with our partners um, in life. And, and if we have one and, and then also with kids, it's a little different, but I think for them, it's a matter of exposing them and bringing them into the art form. So like my oldest, who's eight and a half, um, I, put him in a three-year music program when he was five. And then my five-year-old started when he was like four and a half. So he's been in the same program for a year and just not at all pressuring it, but just saying, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to experience it and try it out? And if you don't like it, we'll find another art form. Uh, my eight-year-old, I mean, they're, when they're young, the verdict's still out. He, he does an amazing job drawing. It's crazy for his age. So you know, it can go a lot of different directions, but it's fostering creativity and art and just in general making creativity and the expression of it a priority in our day-to-day -day lives. And then the outpouring of that for me is in music. And, you know, my wife and family know, like, if I don't do that, I'm not my true self uh, at that point then. So even though I took time away from doing music for a number of years before coming back to it, it was always in my life. And when whether that was experiencing live shows, if, it, if participating in community events where I could play guitar or help out, you know, church, whatever, uh, but just to stay active. So yeah, being intentional in all facets, it's not something I think, I may be other artists listening or, or, or you all, this might resonate too, right? Like it's not something you turn on and off. It's like who you are. So it depends on just what medium and what form of expression and it, you know, whether I'm in a band releasing music or just doing it at home by myself or whatever, um, it's just important to always be authentic to who I am and express that. Whether no one's listening or someone is listening, either way. Yeah, that's good balance. And I think it's real easy otherwise to let other aspects of life kind of take over. So if you're not consciously taking control of that, it can get away from you. It has for me. It's hard not to. Yeah. Life life throws its punches both good and bad you know period so it is it but i mean even like i don't know if you ever talked to authors and it's like even if you write an hour a day yeah. and it's rubbish so what right right because then that expression is what keeps you going and then sometimes it's like wow i can't believe i wrote that when you let it sit and come back to it and other times it's rubbish but whatever like one building block leads to the next i don't know that's my philosophy anyway not sure if it's right but it's working for it's me it's working yeah <laughs> works for them too the writers and it sounds like you are like two band members away from having another backup band with your kids like uh, both being in music programs i would love that my i think my youngest is um he's a lot like his mom so he's all about me my oldest it's all about me too but we're a lot alike so we we actually had guitar lessons tonight and he comes home 
He's like, my guitar teacher wants me to listen to this song that I'm learning. And I'm like, no kidding, because I just said that two days ago. And you're like, no. <laughs> okay, what do I know? But um, I guess that's, again, I mentioned um, I mentioned having the people in your life support you. So for, for, for like him, hey, I don't have to be the one you listen to. Just get plugged in. Like, listen, like it discover it yourself i guess I, I take no offense to that i think it's comical and i give them a hard time like i just said that two days ago dude but yeah, it's different but coming I, from someone else yeah yeah i still feel vindicated and validated i suppose like yeah uh, hello right to what i said <laughs> but jordan told you so hey whatever that's funny <laughs> one day he'll look back and be like dad dad was right maybe <laughs> maybe hopefully well maybe one day he'll listen to this podcast <laughs> i will make sure of it <laughs> <laughs> josh in the chat said he totally agrees just create my dad was a writer and he said the same thing right anyway sometimes you work all day for one good sentence and that's enough i couldn't agree more yeah yeah, for, for me. Oh, Our ahead, bass Trey. player just joined. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing a podcast without me? <laughs> oh yeah, that's, my God. I was going to tell you, you could have them on too. We can always come back another time and have everybody on if you want. That might be fun. <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Since Brett, Hi, Brett. Brett, Brett, I will say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw him under the bus. The satire podcast that I was on, Trey, uh -huh. he, told, yeah. he, he he fell asleep. He took a nap through it. He literally forgot to get up and join the podcast. Hi, Brett. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's face is prettier, he said. <laughs> That's right. That's cute. <laughs> Brett, you missed the part where Siri uh, disagreed with him. I don't even I just yeah I think we need to embellish that moment it's recorded but mm -hmm. let's let's embellish the moment and say something like Siri replied this is the worst music ever I don't know we can just keep growing the story <laughs> um, so you have I'm sorry Trey you were about to ask another question I was not oh you weren't okay I have one then so you have two other band members that are in two different parts of the country Besides, yes, I think I said that right. Anyway, how do you like you obviously have like photos with the three of you and you've played together. So even though you're distanced, how do you how do you make that work? Um, originally, we so we recorded our, our self-titled release. We recorded probably about 80 percent of it through different states and then we both uh brett and i flew out to saint pete where kelly's at and kelly has um a detached it was intended to be a mother-in-law suite but he turned it into a studio and so that's um one of his he juggles many gigs to trey so that's one of his gigs and um so brett and i flew out and then spent a weekend doing some writing together just to mix up the experience and mix up kind of the approach of writing and so we did a little bit. We did about 20% of it in person. So that's where we got some of the photos. And then just uh, last weekend, I believe it was, we we played um, a, a festival, Furnace Fest, out in Birmingham, Alabama. And that was it, it was a test for us because, it's, honestly, it's the first time we played a show together. 
ever. And um, we rehearsed for the first time in person the night before the actual show. So <laughs> that was wild. And how we did that is Kelly took all of our recordings and created rehearsal tracks for each instrument. So for example, oh, nice. for me, yeah, it had everything but the vocals and it even had the backing tracks like the um, my harmonies. Cause when you record, um, generally speaking as a vocalist, you record yourself. Like when you listen to Def Leppard and it's like gobs of like harmony that he's doing his own harmonies layer after layer after okay. layer after layer. When you go live, you tend to see other band members sing along. So I, I had, that was odd, but I had to practice that way. And then Brett practiced with everything minus the bass and so on and so forth. And so then we just had to all do our part um, and, and make sure too that Kelly as the drummer was playing to a click that matched the backing tracks and everything that we were rehearsing to. So about the, and we had two people from outside of the band come in with a month's notice and practice to perform with us. So it was wild, but it, I don't know. I felt like it went really well and we got some great positive feedback. And so we're looking forward to doing it again because this formula is working for us, which is, yeah. we didn't know if it would. I told him, Brett, if it ain't fun, we done. So it's, keeps being fun i like that we can't we probably have the unspoken same thing here with the podcast oh god we that is for sure because there was a night that we had gotten and i'm going to tell the story pretty much until like the podcast is like just until we just blow up into something big um <laughs> and huge and amazing love it um we had gotten this uh we had gotten the sponsorship ad and we were sitting sitting just the two of us on our current streaming platform and we when we started to record and we were just being us like un okay. completely unfiltered completely non just anything no awesome. corporate personas or anything we weren't um, using our customer service voices <laughs> <laughs> it and so things got a little interesting and then on the right hand side where you see like the chat kind of like going up and we saw started seeing comments yeah people <laughs> as we're like recording and doing out uh like bloopers and uh outtakes and things we just started seeing comments and be like haha this is funny and oh my gosh this is great and we were like are we streaming are we streaming right now and at i that love point, it we just decided to go with it and just run with it because we were having so much fun just being our authentic selves. And I think that's really what cemented us just like, you know what, we're just, we're just going to go with it. Yeah, it's, it's that's best. It's less show and more us for sure. Because we'd we'd started with a little bit more of a, a I guess a script but it wasn't really scripted it was still just like a casual conversation like this is but um it's become a, a lot less so because we we kind of liked that we are who we are sort of thing but i i hit the live button by accident <laughs> and so that's here, a great story <laughs> it's great because all the technical issues we have are because of me and <laughs> and uh so but yeah, it was just another one of those where I hit live and 
Uh, we don't know what people heard. It's gone. It's out there. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Here Sometimes that's the best. Absolutely. It was pretty raw and awesome, though. Because, like, I mean, people responded positively, which was pretty awesome. And yeah. Because <laughs> we were just goofing around, you know, we were recording an ad. And that's how that started is we were, we were using the platform to do the recording for us because he's in Charlotte, near the Charlotte area, and I'm in Minnesota. Oh, right on. Yeah. So that's how we do this. Anyway, uh, so that's that's kind of why I asked about you guys being in different places because you obviously have pictures together and things like that. So I thought at some point you have to yeah. get together. Yeah. Okay. Well, we want to. It's fun. I'd be playing, yeah. playing. Um, so it was a um, an officially sponsored after party for Furnace Fest, and you know, being in my my. Well, I won't give away my age because because I noticed you didn't want to timestamp, and that will people will do the math, Emily. So that was I'm more for your sake. Oh, okay, fine. I don't care if no. you do, but I for your sake, I didn't want you know in case you didn't want that. Oh, I don't mind. Okay, but, I don't care either. So, then. Oh, great. Well, then, hey, let's just out it. You know, being in my forties, I had we had to do this after party show, and um, and it was the fest um sponsored, but a lot of the demographic, it's like calling like calling back to bands that were popular in the two thousands. So like thirties to forties to even fifties. That's the demographic of people. There are younger people coming, but really, that's who it's targeted at. So. It was hilarious. Like people were like, "Ah, oh, I don't know if I can be up that late." I'm like, "I don't want to even be up that late, but I'm going to be on stage, so come." <laughs> and uh, and we, but we ended up having a good time. It was like the first time I had been up till because I was staying for other label mates and the bands until like three thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what I don't have know we where become?" I was that, but it was fine, <laughs> right? There, there, there's nothing, I guess, to that story other than complaining and being a grumpy old man that I had to be up till three in the morning to play, to play my music. Ah, how horrible, right? No, it was actually, it was so much fun. And and we want to keep doing it for sure and, and play some more shows. I'm in Denver. So unfortunately, I'm the one most removed. The others are at least East Coast, right? So it's easier for them to get together. I've, I've got to like do time zone changes and adjust my sleep right. and uh, poor me <laughs> poor you well you're at least in the same time zone as us right no I'm, I'm an hour behind um minnesota so i'm mountain time zone where i'm in that yeah. weird sliver of space that like puts me weird weird time okay zone. good thing good thing i said central time then so we all were on the same page totally cool what what are some of the most fulfilling moments you've had in music? Or, um, or one you can just. I didn't want to limit you to one though, so if you have more than one, that's fine. But you're like, time's ticking, dude. We're tired. <laughs> I'll go on and on. Um, no, oh fine. goodness. Let's see. I. I think I gotta think about this. That's I, cool. I, I've had a I've had a lot of fulfilling moments as an artist, but I, I think it's because I honestly try to look at I, I'm this is gonna sound so like hallmarky, but I'm 
I mean it. I, I think to keep sanity, I, let me back up. As an artist, I'm super insecure. I'm just totally self-aware to call that out. That comes and, with the territory. <laughs> it does. And so um, I've had to come to a place where it, I'm, I was accepting of my own art. I had um, this uh, Playground Studios with Keith Cleversley. That was a good one, Brett. That's a... So Brett, our bassist, said for him a key moment was at the studio in Chicago. Uh, we recorded with this producer named Keith Cleversley, who had done um, the Flaming Lips and Spiritualized. Flaming Lips is probably the most popular from the 90s. Um, and some other bands that we were totally into, and we had a chance to record with him, and that was like totally amazing from a learning experience so that's a good one brett i think i think for me though where i was going is that uh i try to take because i'm insecure i try to take every moment and go okay what what's the redeeming value or what's the most exciting thing about um what's happening right now like in this moment you know and and so i take each show for that honestly um each moment but I think for me, um, that's a good one, Brad. I think around the same time a year earlier, we played this festival together um, called Cornerstone. And we were on a stage and we didn't know how many people were, would come. And we ended up packing out the tent. And um, there was just a ton of raw energy. There were people singing along. And I just, I can't explain it, but it's like when you, and I mean, you probably recognize this as artists too, but when someone connects with your work, there's, I don't know what about, I don't know why, but there's a, a moment there where you're like, they like me. They really like me. No, no. It's validating. No, it's valid. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, I think, I think it's, it's actually, I would, I would go as far as to say it's spirit. It's a spiritual moment. It's like a connection. You're connecting with other human beings and that's powerful to me. And whatever the topic is even like when i write i'll take it take it this route too when i write i try to do my best to write in a way that's while it's genuine for me and it may be about a certain topic um i want to write it in a way that is more empathetic or, or or in a way that people go i get that general experience and i'm going to recall this particular thing for me so it becomes personal so when you see someone singing along to your songs it's super amazing because you don't know what's connecting for them, but something that you've said is and how it can be unique that I wrote this for my own personal experience, but this person in the audience, something's resonating in their life that I may know nothing about or probably don't, but somehow it's triggering this emotion. And, and that's a cool feeling. It's not a very direct answer. It was kind of direct. Brett was way more direct, really to the point. Playground Studios. I dig that. No, it was. Thank you, Brett. It was good. <laughs> Speaking of like writing lyrics, um, what are your favorite lyrics, either that you have written or that someone else has written? <laughs> um, what are, what are the favorite? What are your favorite lyrics that I've written? <laughs> I'm that just you've kidding. written? I've oh, the uh, riot <laughs> for salted. Caramel. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot or anything. No, I haven't written. No, right. Anything. Um, goodness, I think um, <laughs> there's this band I I enjoy. Um, Quicksand and it's it, it, 
he just says, I'm feeling so excrementable, which isn't even a word, but can I use profanity? Are we, yeah. are we in a safe space? Yeah. We, you know, I just love that instead of saying I feel shitty, he's like, I feel excrementable. And I just, mm. it, in it kind of the cadence of the, um, of the, how he sings it, it just kind of has a lot of force to it. It's kind of fun. And then, and not to have a theme going here, but um, uh, what is it? I, I'm going to look it up on the interwebs since I am currently online. Yeah, There's a band you. cursive and we just saw them last weekend at the same festival we played at. And they have this, um, he's got just heart wrenching great lyrics in general. Um, and he, there's this one lyric. Okay. So it's, it's in a song, um, they wrote called the recluse. And I love this. He, he says, uh, my ego's like my stomach. It keeps shitting what I feed it. And I just think there's so much truth to that. Um, hmm. and it's a, like a self-awareness check too. It's a, it's really, <laughs> it's just, I, don't know, I find it profound and plus a good, and plus a creative way to use, language that some people would find vulgar. I personally am not one. I don't use um, curse words, swear words, or vulgarity in my own music for no other reason than I just can't be that creative. Like to me, I'm pointing at my screen, pointing at, looking at the lyrics. But um, I think that's a really impactful way to, to use, um, if you want to call it vulgarity, I, I don't find it vulgar myself, but like I get the impact there. That it's not for the sake of just shock it's like wow that is really thought-provoking um and then lyrics i don't know i have a i think most of the lyrics i write for me are mean something or personal so okay i guess i could wouldn't be fair to pick one of those so we'll just stick with other people's lyrics for now i think that's a really great quote though and you said the band was a quicksand uh that band's called cursive cursive okay yeah, they had, he wrote, he had gone through, as I understand it anyway, he had gone through a really, really messy, bad divorce. And um, and his ex was an artist as well. And so it's an entire album called The Ugly Organ. And it's like, brutally honest. I wouldn't want to be his ex-spouse. <laughs> it's, but it's quite, it's quite good. It has a cello in it for, you know, since you like, classical music has a cello she she performed the cellist performed this past weekend too it was like so amazing anyway alter, alternative vibes right but with a cello player that's gotta check cool. out yeah done sold great let's do this nice can i can i make one quote I'll, i'm gonna quote brett here's one of my favorite lyrics but where it came from is hilarious so a quick story we have an <laughs> instrumental on our um and her EP, and then there's a spoken word section. And it, the lyrics, are, Brett wrote these lyrics. Um, I seem to be going somewhere, but not where I want to be. Um, and, it, and it sounds profound. And I, I take it as profound personally when I say, it, oh, yes, Brett. He said, oh, no. But it literally is a quote from a text exchange we had because he was working on our website or something like design for us. And he just, it was literally about working on something that wasn't fitting the way he wanted to from a design perspective. And I was like, that's a lyric. We're going to make that sound super profound. And so it made it into the song. So now if you hear that, you know, it's not as profound as it, it but you know, Hey, he meant it to be a frustration in design. I meant it to be 
I'm not my, like a philosophical thing. So there you go. Yeah, you never know where it's going to come from. There, honestly, there have been so many quotes that Emily has said just like in passing, and I'm like, that's brilliant. Oh, thank Rachel. you. Thank you. Did you write them down? Because I don't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, the, I have this nasty habit of like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And then I have like goldfish brain and I don't remember to write anything down. So I could like literally turn around and it's like, what was I going to do? I walked in this room for something. What, are, what was that for? Have I said them on the podcast? Maybe I should just go back and listen to myself. <laughs> but All thank right, you. I, I got a tip for you, Trey. I got a tip for you. Okay. Voice memo. Totally voice memo yourself. You know, that would have been helpful in the moment, but I think some of them were at a time when we were working. It would be weird. No, it would. I think we were working at at a men's clothing shop um, that I'm not going to name on the podcast at the moment. And I didn't want to like just pull out my phone during the middle of it and be like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then put my phone back in my pocket. That makes perfect sense. I guess that's not always a good time and place for that. From way back then, I said things. Yeah. Okay. All right. We had been talking about doing a podcast for eight That's years. That's true. You, we had. We did. You, you don't think that there were like lots of nuggets of gold that you have said in that uh, span of time? We were so busy being hilarious that I don't. <laughs> we had this intercom system, and we would pick up. It was through the phone, so we'd pick up the phone and oh, be yeah. like, "Thank you for boarding." Uh, I can't. Say, I don't want to say the name of the. I thank you for. Well, I'll just say it. It was Men's Warehouse. All right. Thank you for boarding the Men's Warehouse flight thirty-two, thirty-one. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then we'd go through the whole checklist of for your safety. <laughs> it was great. We had a good I time. I love it. I worked retail for a lot of years. I totally, I vibe with what you're saying. Yeah. And we used to sing a lot too. In fact, before That's you came great. on, we were singing. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So if you ever need backup singers, we got you. I'm in. <laughs> Love it. I never said we... Well, Trey's good. Trey's really good because he's a trained opera singer. He's ah. really good. He's got his master's in vocal performance. He is amazing. Oh, my God. Don't listen to my stuff then. That's um, <laughs> that's that's impressive. Thank you. Um, the... You were talking about it really doesn't matter kind of like whatever music that you listen to. And that I think was kind of my downfall growing up is that I didn't challenge my own listening to music. It was always falling back on what my parents listened to. And they listened to like the good stuff. There's like no cursing. There's nothing Uh in that stuff. And I wanted to be like listening to like Tupac and um, (laughs) Tupac and Poison um, Biggie and um, like my favorite song growing up, honestly, to this day is um, Baby Got Back. And <laughs> Wait, did you say favorite? You're like favorite. your all time favorite song? All time favorite. All time favorite. Someone clipped this. Oh, I'm clipping. Baby this. Got Back. Um, and okay, fun story. Uh, for, now, I had claimed this as my favorite song, but really, I could, um, it was at a time that I'm telling the story that I couldn't really, like, look it up easily. I didn't have a smartphone. Uh, smartphone technology was, like, still in its infancy. And I had gone on a date, and I confessed to this other person that Baby Got Back was my favorite song. 
and they asked me to sing it and like rap it. And I could only get through the first like, I don't know, five or six lines of it because that's really all I had ingrained in my brain. And they said, okay, if you want a second date with me, You have to learn the entire first verse. That's brilliant. And and so when I showed up to my date for the second date, this person looked me dead in the eyes and said, all right, we're not going anywhere until you rap right here the entirety of the first verse of Baby Got Back. How did I never hear this story before? This <laughs> That's is impressive, Trey. I hope your date was impressed. Uh, my date was very impressed. Uh, they did become my boyfriend afterwards, which was awesome. Oh, you started. Good job. See, that it's worth it. So I'm going to do what I always do, and do that is, now. <laughs> and go. Um, all right. Do you want the beginning intro part, or do you just want me to do the first give, verse? Give it all to us, if you can. I'm with oh, you. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. It's just... <laughs> so big it's just out there she looks like one of those rap guys girlfriends it's she's just so black i like big butts and i cannot lie you other brothers can't deny when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face you get sprung when a pull up tough because you notice that butt was stuffed down deep in the juice he's wearing i'm hooked and can't stop staring oh baby i want to get with you and take your picture my homeboy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. Ooh, rump a smooth skin. You say when you get my bins, well, use me, use me, because you ain't that average groupie. And that's as much as I'm going to do, because Emily, you were doing That was quite well done. I just, I'm impressed. Karaoke, when are we all getting Good together? Good job. Let's do this. I want to karaoke. Let's this is wonderful. Meet somewhere. Travel for karaoke. That sounds fun. For sure. I'm d I definitely clipped that, so we'll be having that later. Uh, oh my god, that was amazing, Trey. I think you just stole the show. That was awesome. You did. That's, that's definitely one of the highlights of this whole podcast right there. Amazing. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, I will not be doing that in public again, so make sure to clip that. Well, it's clipped, Trey. It's clipped. I got I you. Mean, it's done. We're going to put it on TikTok. We're going to put it on all the platforms. Oh, just please put it but, on TikTok. What'd you say? Let's talk please. really quick. Let's please put it on TikTok. You absolutely should. Um, and then tag right for romance, just because I yeah. want to somehow ride that coattail. <laughs> um, yes, opera. Uh, I do it in opera style. I think, by the way, I had I dated, I dated someone who had... Um, training classically trained too and i just i have so much admiration for that that is just amazing i think that's how i learned uh, to breathe through my diaphragm when singing um was through her and uh and, and that's just impressive so well done well done that's awesome thank you thank yeah. people don't understand your, your voice is absolutely an instrument right and how you treat it what you do with it matters it's not that i'm great at it but what Honestly, I just rock and roll. It has its own, you know, approach, right? And you have, you know, you have to, you still have to have breathing technique and control and 
bleed through your diaphragm, all that fun stuff. But opera, whoo, classically trained, that's a whole nother level. It's one of the things I'll be very honest, it's something that I've actually kind of stepped away from a little bit. Um, pandemic, you know, I switched jobs and I started like doing, getting more into the corporate world and that sort of thing. Um, so it's something that I've kind of stepped back from, but those, that skill set, like bar none, if you want me to, if you ask me, do I go train vocally uh, for pop music, musical theater, or opera? 100%. Every single time, opera. You may not ever sing opera, but you will thank me later. Yeah, yeah, that's, hey, I would not uh, try to argue that whatsoever. I would get your back there. Yes. Baby got and Now, do I have time there. to do that? Yeah, baby got, baby got your back there. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm wow. sorry. That was, that was not the um, strongest point in this podcast, Emily, so no, far. Sorry. But it was well done. <laughs> but do I can that. edit it out. <laughs> this um, is true. I won't, wonder- but... <laughs> Jason, in like the in the time that we were not stalking your Instagram and your um, your your press packet, um, there was um, there was a post on there um, that I do want to talk about briefly. And you talked about one of your favorite animes, which was Madrox. Yes. yes. And I I saw that and I was like, oh my god, um, I. I have seen like snippets and I was, I know like a little bit about it, but I don't know enough to be like super well invested. And I'm like, all right, I have to ask you, what is it about Macross that is your, makes it your favorite anime? Um, I think, I think this one's easier for me than music questions. So I believe I can get it to three, three reasons. One, nostalgia. Um, there was an anime in the 80s called Robotech that took three different, completely entirely isolated different animes from Japan and brought it in and created their own storyline and connected it together because in the States, in order to you know be a syndicated series, you had to have like, I don't know, 65, I'm just kind of pulling numbers out of my rear end right now, but it was like some like 60s to 80 something 100 something episodes otherwise it you know wouldn't be aired and so macross um wasn't enough uh was like just shy so they took these three separate entities pieced them together and i just remember um seeing that as a kid and then in the same nostalgia uh transformers had taken some of the mecha from macross one in particular and brought it in as a toy. And so just my world collided. And um, later on, I just started, when, when the internet became more accessible, I started nerding out and rabbit holing and, and that whole world and just having access to it and just became a total nerd for it. So that's uh, one was a nostalgia. Two, um, they, so Macross did a follow-up like movie called Do You Remember Love? And it is just so masterfully like, drawn and done just brilliant you know there's no like cgi the colors are so rich um i kind of turned brett on to parts of uh, and he knew the anime too but like the do you remember love for example so i think it was during the pandemic right if you're still listening you watch that and he he agreed like as a as an artist who 
you know, aside from music, draws in different mediums, he, he appreciated as well. So if you haven't seen Do You Remember Love, but you know some of that Macross, do that. Some of the um, storyline is a little archaic, the roles that men and women play. I'm not a fan of how how they're perceived in that. But if you can look at it for a time period, you know, time piece of of the 80s and what life in Japan was or in the world was like, right, with gender and um, the roles that were kind of stereotyped onto genders. Um, If you can look at that and go, okay, that's what it is there. It's just a great movie um, from the drawing. And then even for like an anime, it's, it's quite mature without being graphic like in a sexual way or anything like that it's just a mature storyline that adults can enjoy and music is at the center of it all and it's kind of saves the day thing so i think that resonated with me too so those are the main reasons and then i love like um as a kid my family we didn't have you know we were lower middle class and so like toys were not like a commodity right you know they were things at christmas or different times of the year that were special occasions and you got like one nice toy or something like that. And so I've gone back as in my, uh, as an adult and started collecting I, to the right of me, I can't really tilt my camera, but I've got like all these like nerdy collectible toys. My whole basement is like little stuff I pick up. So it's like vinyl records, guitars and amps and pedals. And then these like Macross toys that I just find a lot of sentiment of like, um, nostalgia too. So, I'm, that's so cool that you called that out because no one responded to me, Trey. Nobody. Like, damn you. Damn you. All right, then I will respond right now. Um, yes. Favorite anime um, for me, honestly, I have two. I can't pick between them and for two totally different reasons. Um, the first anime that absolutely resonated with me, the Japanese version, um, so subtitled Gundam Wing. Ooh, I love Gundam. Yeah, right on. Hands down. Um, The other series that really resonated with me... um, Oh, shoot, now I have three. Mm, No, two. um, Is Cardcaptor Sakura. Ooh, what's the English title for that? um, Cardcaptors. Oh, wow, I haven't seen that. Okay. It's very much like... It's uh, very much just a... I, I guess you could call it like a magical girl kind of anime, but it, I fell in love with it because it was it blended more real world with some like supernatural elements to it, cool. and it wasn't like this five minute transformation sequence every time. Um, so I don't know. And then it had a like, really strong female protagonist at the forefront of it. So I was like, well, no, that's different. So definitely yeah. cool. Yeah. You're going to have to uh, message that to me because I won't remember the name. And that way, I'll check it out, too. We'll swap. You report back on Do You Remember Love? I'll report back on that. Be good. I got Captain. <laughs> and just so that I can share this with our audience, how do you – the one you you were talking about, it sounds like you're saying Macross or something like that. What is this word so I can share it so they can go look it up? Macross. M-A-C-R. Yeah, M-A-C-R-O-S-S. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, there. Yeah. That yeah, way. Thank you. Okay. I just... Or And the in the English, you could... Just so you know, don't be confused 
with Robotech, Robotech takes that anime and major parts of the storyline and then Americanizes it into a whole nother, like, okay. like I said, a piecemealed other thing. So some of the listeners might recognize Robotech, but Macross is its own, like, out of Japan, it, it goes this crazy great route um, on its own. Okay. Excuse me. And then the one you brought up, the last one, you said it was card. Card. <laughs> Aha. Oh, there we go. Card Captor Sakura. Yes. Cool. Um, fun fact about that it's um, owned by a, or it's done by a studio called Clamp, which at the time, was like one of the only all-female run anime um anime companies that's awesome hmm. good trivia there yeah if someone wanted to get into music now and and do kind of like what you do what would you, what would your advice to them be like because music now is different than if you want to be heard we have social media we have tiktok we have a lot of outlets for music versus just playing live in you mm -hmm. know a venue of some kind oh i think <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack in that I, but yeah. i think i think what's important is um here's the best advice i ever got um did you know someone um emily named jeff jescoviak do you recall that around joliet j-town that name sounds familiar, but I don't know if I knew them. He was, um, he, he was, he is uh, a great uh, guitar player. He was a, a professor at uh, Junior College. But okay. he, he, he played with some of the world's greatest, like, guitarists um, worldwide. Just great background. Anyway, the, why I'm bringing him up um, and why I'm mentioning some of his credentials is because he looked at me once and I wanted to take uh, guitar lessons from him. Because he's just phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, I, I was pretty self-taught at the time. And he looked at me and said, I, I don't want to do it, Jason. I'm like, why? What do you mean? You, do, you don't want to teach me? Like, you're a professor. That's what you do. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to ruin what you have. And sometimes if you get too lost into the theory, it can, it can really, um, I don't know, it can change how you approach creativity. So he said, on one condition, I'll do it. And I said, okay, what's that? Um, one condition is that when, when I say we stop, we stop. doesn't matter if it's tomorrow or six years from now. And I agreed to that. And it ended up being about six months. And he said, we're done. And that was it. So um, my advice would be, um, he in that, it, I'm sorry, one of the last things he said to me was, is when you do music, you'll always have a fan period. Someone will always be attracted to your art, like period. Doesn't matter if it follows the right formulas or whatever, someone will always appreciate your art. And I, I carried that with me. And part of the reason why I can say, hey, um, I do music for my own expression of it at this point in my life and not to, to please anyone else. I mean, do I think about the other things involved in music that, you know, can aid me and writing of course but i mean do i want to connect with people absolutely and but it comes first the first thing is is how how can i be authentic to myself how can i you know approach this and feel good about it when i go to bed at night or can i you know listen to this or 
perform it and do I feel authentic? And I guess that would be a, a, a great place to start. Um, and that might seem overly obvious, but it's so easy to get caught up in like the discipline of an art, which I think you need to know to an extent, right? Um, but you can't let that also determine your art either. It needs to be an aid or a tool, in my opinion, to accomplish your expression. But it shouldn't be your expression, the discipline itself. Absolutely. So if I'm th- getting too philosophical, you, yeah. No, that I believe that applies to every art. Because like even in photography, yes. which I do, there are people out there that get yeah. really caught up in the technical side of how the camera works and all of the rules of the rule of thirds and various things with lighting and things like that. And you, if you get that caught up in it, you lose your eye for photography. You lose the moments that make photography great. And it ceases to be organically your talent and your vision. And it starts to become this technical monster that, I don't know, I despise. Like, that's not why I do photography. I don't even care about the technical aspect. It's a means to an end. Exactly. I mean, it's good to know the discipline because it can, can help and help you get where you want to go. Yeah. But it doesn't, it shouldn't be what drives you by any means. So yeah, yeah, start, I think start there. And, and my advice is just, if don't ever like stop doing art because you think you're not good enough or you're comparing or you can't get something down, lean into the things that you are naturally good at, start there and just begin to develop and expand on what you're naturally good at. Yes, learn some other disciplines um, within your craft, but I think it's more about being aware of that and using it to your advantage, but it's also just as strong to know what you're not good at and let someone else be good at that or collaborate or stay away from that. Like if, you know, if, um, for example, even though I wrote, um, the majority guitars on our self titled release and I used to play and sing all the time when we performed this last weekend, I made the choice to let two other guitars take on a lot of what I wrote. And I only played guitar a little bit and it gave me a lot of joy and freedom to just really be in the moment and not have to think too hard about what I'm playing and singing at the same time. Cause that can be in and of itself a challenge depending on how complicated you make make the plane so um yeah i just i I don't know i succinctly i would say do do what you love and lean into what you love and always know that someone will appreciate your art no matter what period you'll always even if it's your mom someone will appreciate your art like and then hold on to that if it's your mom let her be your biggest fan until you grow that fan base and don't care what people think just lean in yeah that's really solid advice. I like that. I feel like, I feel like on the podcast when we get when we're t- chatting like this, these moments like everything you just said happen, and then I go, "This is why we do the podcast right here." This, this moment where that's awesome. Yeah, that, and I think uh, those are the things that I really hope our listeners really absorb and take that to heart and realize that you can go do whatever art it is that you've been wanting to do. And if you just dive in, take, like you said, something you're naturally good at or, and just start somewhere. And, 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 and if I may, I think the opposite can have, have a, can have an effect in a negative way. Like I've known, I've known musicians who 
for example, as musicians, she's so naturally talented. Like they, they just breathe and rainbows and sunshine comes out of their ass, right? They just somehow, I don't like, know. Like they Trey do here. It. Like Trey here. Who, no. When he sings opera. Um, when he, but when he sings baby got back, baby got back. Yeah. That, that was just brilliant. Um, <laughs> but I think if you take it for granted, even if you're from a discipline standpoint and a skill, you're amazing. So many people see through the ego or see through, which is why I really like that cursive quote. I, I think um, you have to stay. It's not only about staying true to yourself, but if you, if you can be humble, it goes a long way too, because for as many people as you will have fans, so many people won't appreciate your art either. It's like, that's the fun of it is it's not knowing, you know, um, not knowing when I don't take any of it for granted. I, uh, when we were at the festival, I had, um, I ran into somebody I was because this was an after party and it was going to be so late. I, I was taking a little bit of time to try to connect with people one-on-one -on -one and invite them personally to the show while at the fest grounds during the day. And one person I ran into was like, Oh, you're with Riot for Romance. Oh my goodness. Like I, the person I came with was, has not stopped talking about you and said that, you know, I don't want to do really any of the before or after parties except I would go see Riot for Romance if I get a chance because, you know, they, they really liked us. That was, I, it took me by surprise. And it, it, it's not because I don't find, I don't enjoy my own craft or I don't, I'm, I have a low self-esteem. It's not, you know, even though I said I'm insecure, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think I could do it, right? Mm. So, but, so there's a balance. And so I still took that by surprise, like, wow, someone likes us that's not my friend or my mom. Like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> like, I'm not going to take that for granted. That's like, that's special. That's, that's really cool. And even if this is the only person at the fest who knows us, ah, I love you. Like, thank you. That's great that we could connect that something I'm doing resonates somehow. So I think there's both ends of that, right? Like be secure enough to lean in and never stop doing your craft because you just, that's you. It's an expression of who you are. But at the same time, you want to keep humble and balanced with it all because just like that, any of it can go away or any of it can change or a million people won't like what you do and think you're horrible and they'll be your worst critics. And, you know, they think they're, they're the music critic or the art critic. Right. And then that can bring you down real quick because that's happened too, you know? <laughs> yeah. The gratitude Matt makes a bit big difference. I see that. Confidence is you need that, but ego, yeah. I would argue some people can get away with it, but it's not how I try to be anyway, you know, makes it less enjoyable in my humble opinion. For sure. I'm sorry, Trey. Did you have something? I can't always tell oh. if he's going to say something or not. No, I was honestly just taking it in. Um, I think, I think for a lot of our listeners that like to echo what Emily was saying, it's just, it's nice to hear and it's really encouraging to hear such a very positive outlook. There's so much from like when people start to do something, they have all the all of this ambition built up like, I'm going to do this. And then it's like we live in an age where things just take off so quickly. And when there's not that instant like takeoff of success, it's like, oh, well, I just failed. No, you didn't. Your your journey to success is just different. Is it what you love? And 
So hearing hearing what you've said about the music industry and about artistry in general is just it's really encouraging. So I'm more just awestricken. So oh, it's cool. I mean, definitely, you know, you said something really important, Trey, and I'm gonna take the liberty of expounding on it, if I may. And that is to say, you have to define success. So what does your success mean? For me, it's just doing something I love. And you got to be smart about it. If each step of the way, one day at a time, one, one success over the next, you know, there is a business to it, there is an approach to it, but it does not have to be winning a Grammy. It doesn't have to be show, you know, casing your art in a gallery and selling it for $50,000 or whatever. It doesn't have to be that, but you define what that is and then work towards those goals and feel accomplished when you meet them because, you know, I like literature. I wrote a novel once. Uh, I think it was 40,000 words, total rubbish. It's never going to see the light of day, but I did it. I wrote, I wrote 40,000 words, right? I'm pretty sure it was 40,000, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Um, and that's an accomplishment and I'm okay with that success. And I don't want to take any, I don't want to continue to build off of that because as a writer, that's not where my passion is. And, and I recognize that, but it feels good to say, I wrote a novel, even if it's rubbish, I did it, you know? So there's a lot of, I think a lot of accomplishment and how you just, just define success, right? You guys doing this podcast after eight years of talking, that is success. That's amazing. You should feel great about yourself. So it's like, I'm, I'm very honored to be on. Thank I appreciate you. you inviting me. We're excited we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so excited that you agreed to be on. What? So what's this, Archer? The fans want to know, is Homelander really a jerk? Or is that just the script? Who are you referring to? I'm wondering what? if you're going to get that reference. It is from the show The Boys. Oh, my God. I need to watch it. Please, please, please don't hate me fans on no. the show we're, we're not, I didn't, I no one's it. no one's gonna hate you but you do <laughs> I bear want to watch it you do bear a slight physical resemblance to one of the actors on the show oh that's why i've been told that before okay that's that's totally in fact and now i have to look up his delayed. name um that's a great thank you i'm gonna take well if he's a jerk on i, I know who you're talking about i'm gonna take it as a compliment Okay. Yeah, I would. We're just going to roll with that, and I appreciate you. Thank you. It's uh, Chase Crawford is the actor, and now when you watch the boys, you're going. (laughs) I want to hear. I want to hear back from you after you've seen it. (laughs) I will. I know. I I've heard great things about it, and that it's also quite. Um, uh, what's the word? Not typical. So. Uh, Brett's laughing too. Yeah, it's the deep. It's yeah. It is. It's yeah. I re- when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, it looks. And I even I we paused it so I could show Josh. Like I pulled up your Facebook and was like, look. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm awesome. a little embarrassed. I'm actually red now. I'm embarrassed to say it, but yeah. like it was, it was kind of remarkable to me. And I thought, <laughs> wow. I, and it took me a few, it took me a few episodes to go. God, this, he reminds me of somebody. And who was that? And yeah. Anyway, so um, 
Well, I hope we didn't just ruin that for you. When you watch the show, you'll have to let us know. Uh, no, 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 no. It won't shock me because I know one of my good buddies out here, uh, Jay, Jay Mueller, I'll, I'll call him out so that I can entice him to now listen to this podcast as well. And um, he uh, he's told me, oh, you gotta watch the boys, you gotta watch the boys. He would love this podcast, by the way. He's a phenomenal artist and he does a lot of great uh, comic work and a lot of writing, a bunch of different stuff. Okay. I, I gotta plug him in. I'm gonna plug him in. Yeah, he's really good. And he's an art teacher for his like full-time like day gig, right? Oh, cool. We all find, we all find ways to create. Yeah. I think what you do, uh, photography, that's, isn't that your full-time gig? Uh, no, Emily? it's, well, we'll call it my, a part-time gig. I do a we lot of things. So. I do a lot of things. All of them are part-time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's, well, that's most of us artists. Yeah. Honestly, I love that because the pressure of like, there's a lot of great things that have happened in the music industry where, um, you know, you're not a slave to contracts and stuff these days. Our record labels are, there's two that put stuff out. It's awesome. They're, it's just really cut and dry, great group of people. And it allows us to create. That's good. And, you know, we're not doing world tours, but the trade-off, I'm okay with that because I get to be home with my kids, uh, you know, for the majority of the time. I get to create without handcuffs. Um, and even we ran into our A&R, at, uh, one of our A&R at the festival. And I said, hey, you know, hey, are you doing another album? Yes, by the way, we're working on more material. Well, I guess I should call that out uh, that for romance, another LP. We'll probably, we should have some more physical media, like more vinyl. And uh, cassette tapes are coming back, which has been pretty wild for me. Wow. Um, to witness and be, be a part of. Yeah, yeah, we, we have tapes. We've actually... We sold out of our first uh, set of uh, sh short run of vinyl and then our short run of cassette tapes. We only have four left. It's crazy. Um, well, I'll have to say our A&R was, was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, cool. He was, I was like, do you want us, do you want me to you know, send you your, our, you know, upcoming stuff? No, I, I don't care. Just be you. Right. I was like, oh, wow, cool. You know, oh, so that trade-off is great. Yeah. It's really yeah. fun. So what do you have coming up? Like you, you uh, you're gonna have more tapes made, apparently. Yes. Yeah, and vinyl. Yeah, I um, I don't know, Brett. We gotta we gotta start working. <laughs> we gotta start. We've got a bunch of songs like half done, and um, and that's part of our process is just kind of start writing. You know, let some things sit, run off again to do some more, and then keep circling back. Um, and we're looking at a short run of uh, of uh gigs probably florida atlanta georgia um and around maybe we'll go back to birmingham because it's actually a really cool place for music um huh. and then i try to get them to come out to denver but with the um, holidays coming up it's a lot better to focus on writing right now um it's harder to get a lot of interest during the holidays i mean you can play like local gigs and there's some great like certain like spot date shows and stuff like that. But I think our, our focus will be more on writing and then get through the holiday and then in the spring do some more shows again. Cool. Well, if I'm, if you're in a place that makes sense, I'd be happy to, to come yes. out to a show. That'd be awesome. Guest list. 
We'll get you on the guest list. That'd be so cool. Yes. If you ever make it, I was going to say, if you're in Georgia, I could um, swing by, I could fly out to Charlotte and swing by and pick up Trey, and then we can head down like to Georgia. Ah, uh, that'd be fun. We can road trip. We'd love that. That would be fun. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, Georgia is going to be um, almost for sure. Brett's working on some stuff right now, so I'll let you know. Okay. Cool. We'll watch for that then. Yeah, I'll um, let you know. Uh, Jason, for uh, for our people that really are invested in social media, um, where can people connect with you and the rest of your bandmates? Thank you for asking that. Um, all the socials, you know, all the interwebs. So Instagram is where I spend a lot of uh, my time right now, which is uh, the at Riot for Romance that you see in my handle. Um, and then TikTok is something I, I, I'm like, ah, it's hip. All the kids are doing it. I got to get in. But there's some fun stuff with that. So I've been playing with that a little bit. Well, you'll see some more TikTok stuff. What is that TikTok? Um, some of the social media, our name's too long for it. Like Twitter, I couldn't get all the um, characters. And then other people have already taken stuff. So, yeah. And then rightforromance.com. You know what? That uh, is probably the best place to go because all of our um, social media is is there. Facebook um, as well. And Twitter, I have like a, a holding spot there, but I haven't like gone all in on that yet. But I will. Yes. Yeah, so Instagram's, yeah, it, it's there. But right now, I'm, I, you know, Instagram is where a lot of our interaction is and, and soon to be TikTok and Facebook too. What was I going to say? Um, because you can listen to, uh, you also have a YouTube channel um, that uh, that you can listen to some of the songs and see some of the lyric videos. Uh, which one was the one that I had written down? Ah, I think I deleted the note that I had it down on. Um, but there are some pretty, there are some really great uh, lyric videos that they have up on their YouTube channel. So please go check those out. Um, Jason, it was a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here and sharing your sharing your wisdom, sharing your artistry. And thank you, Brett, for also being on. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciated having you too. Yes. Sorry, I posted the link in the chat for Spotify and it just added all the, I forgot to edit it, the URL, but there you go. <laughs> there you have thank notes. you for having me. <laughs> of course, yes. I'm so glad you were able to make it. And if you want to come back with your bandmates, we can make this happen. Let's do that. Um, I thank you, Brett. Brett should probably be the lead spokesperson next time, since I, I to be honest with you, I forgot to tell them. <laughs> I just <kind> of <laughs> ran with it. I'm just going to call myself out. So I love that Brett saw my post on Instagram and joins. I'm sorry, Brett. I love you so much. You know that I do. Um, I, I think so he, Trey, gets, he showed up. That's awesome. Nope. He said, nope, he I don't love him. But Trey, when you asked about like the, the life that many of us juggle, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you forget <laughs> to tell your bandmates that you're going to be on a, a podcast. <laughs> we'll get you next time, Brett. <laughs> Promise. Yeah. That, that would be fun with with all three of you and then we'll have um that'll that'll make the conversation a lot different i think that'll be fun oh yeah 
Yeah, they're great. We have fun together too. Cool. All right. Um, for our listeners out there, um, if you know a, a fellow creative that you would like to recommend, um, on our website at themodrom.com, yes, the, at themodrom.com, uh, we do have a form. Uh, what you'll do is go uh, up at the top left, click on the podcast button. Uh, at the very bottom, we have a form that you can fill out and submit to us. We've actually already received a couple of forms, which we're very excited about. Uh, where you can either nominate yourself as a creative or nominate someone that you know as a creative that would be a really good fit on this podcast. We are looking for anybody who is a an artist, a singer, um, a dancer, um, the local weirdo who hangs out on 21st and Vine, um, just anybody that you would recommend that would be a good fit on our podcast. We are looking to find you because we don't know everybody but you know people and can connect them to us. <laughs> uh, so please go to themonrom.com. Why are you laughing? Because it, it sounded like you were about to say, because we don't know everybody, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, was lead, I was leading into that. T- I was like on, the, on my, the edge of my seat, like, Oh, we don't know everybody, but we're confident that you do. I think that should be your new pitch, Trey. I think you should just roll with that. And you know, we've, we've had... all been in sales here, so just say it with confidence, and people will believe you. That's I right. You know everybody. Suddenly, their brain just fills with like rolodexes <laughs> of everybody they know. Um, oh, look! So... Our email box is full of people that have submitted forms now. <laughs> Magic. Um, so go fill out the uh, go fill out the form for everybody that you know in the entire world because everybody's going to be a good fit for this channel. No, don't do that uh, to I'm me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for this Chanel. Chanel, um, yes, thank you for this Chanel. <laughs> this episode, along with every single episode uh, here and forever on, is in memory to Joe Capone, our moderator, fellow comedian, critic, encourager, and great friend. Um, but thank you everyone to for being here tonight, um, and thank you again to our uh, for our amazing guest tonight, Jason. Um, yes, and thanks. we will see you all on the next podcast. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Oh, we've got a couple seconds left. That's it. Okay. Oh, dance break. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, 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 Quick, uh, clip that. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. Keep dancing. <laughs> okay, we're it's over. Thank you.